I want you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, rather. And would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I only have about a page of notes tonight. I've got one idea that I really am praying the Lord help me communicate. This is week four on a series on communion that we've been doing. We've shared in communion in different ways every week. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16 it says this, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Everyone say communion. communion. Okay, Bible scholars, can anybody tell me? This is week four. You should know this by now. What is the Greek word communion? Koinonia. Our youth got it. Everybody say koinonia. We koinonia, we fellowship, we communion, we have union with the blood of Christ. The bread that we break, is it not the communion, the koinonia, the union, the fellowship of the body of Christ? Now, I want you to go over to the next chapter, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and jump down to verse 23. And this is a familiar passage. Most pastors will read this as we receive the Lord's Supper. The Apostle Paul speaking, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that in the name that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he Comes. I'm going to read that again. That's what we're going to focus on tonight. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. It goes on. In fact, we need to do this because it's very important. Verse 27, whoever eats or drinks this bread, eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood and body of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick, and many sleep or have died. If we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Whoa, that's a good verse. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's light, it's life, it's instruction, it's correction where we need it. And I ask that tonight, Lord, your word would accomplish all that you desire it to. I pray, God, that this living word would become alive in our hearts and our lives tonight. That, God, the reality, the power that there is in, the, in your broken body, in your shed blood, Lord, may we receive all that you desire us to receive. So, Lord, I ask you, bless and anoint this message. May I speak with authority as I ought to. And bless every listener within the sound of my voice, those in this room, those joining us online by podcast, by video, however they may be. Lord, I ask that you would speak to us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say, 
Amen. You may be seated. Uh, my wife mentioned it earlier, but for those joining us online, I would encourage you in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes here, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper together. Uh, you're welcome to join with us in that. If you're joining us online, uh, get bread, uh, get juice, get communion, and uh, would love to receive this even with those who are watching online. So tonight, uh, I want to deal with a very particular verse. I've never, in fact, I, I began to search through commentaries. I've, I've done a lot of study. There's very little that is said about this verse. But this is something that was in me for a few weeks now. And let me just uh, review for a moment. For those who may be joining us, this is your first time. Um, we began to look at this whole idea of koinonia, what it is through the communion. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and grab one of these because I'm going to reference it a lot tonight. What it is when we share together in the Lord's Supper to have union, koinonia, with Jesus. I want to begin to look at this. In fact, you'll notice that as I was reading through 1 Corinthians, I emphasized two particular words. As we look at this, you'll notice that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So there is an aspect in which we look back to the cross, we look back to the sufferings, to the abuse, to all that Jesus endured, we look back, we remember, we are grateful, we are thankful. I mean, how many of you are thankful that Jesus laid down his life for you and I? Oh, we would not be here. We would have no hope for eternity if it were not for the shed blood of Jesus. The reason we believe for healing, the reason we believe for God's provision, the reason we believe for so many things, it all goes back to the sacrifice that he made 2,000 years ago for you and for me. Now, one of the major things that I have wanted to emphasize over this, and I hope this begins to get in your heart, I feel like we as the Protestant church have done a good job of remembrance. We recognize the symbols that this bread and this juice represents. We recognize, yes, Lord, I remember your body. I remember your blood. But one of the things that I, I want us to really begin to consider every time we receive the Lord's Supper is that it's not just a work that Jesus did 2,000 years ago, but it's a work that's still continuing today. He said, do, he, he said, this is my body, which is given. This is my blood, the blood of a new covenant. Meaning that it's not just 2,000 years ago, but his body is still working today. His blood is still working today. How many of you understand that when you are born again. I mean, how many of you have had your sins washed away? Amen. You know what that is? That means that what Jesus purchased 2,000 years ago is working in you right now. How many of you have experienced physical healing at some point in your walk with the Lord? I know I have. A number of us have. If you have experienced physical healing, a miracle in your life. You understand that means that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago is still working for you today. 
And so this is really the emphasis. I, I really believe that when we receive the Lord's Supper, this is an incredible opportunity. I mean, we should have miracle services every time we receive the Lord's Supper. Not just reflecting back, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Yes, we do this in remembrance of him. We don't have a problem with that. That's how every Protestant receives communion now. I think where we're missing out is, Lord, you desire to koinonia. You know what koinonia is, right? I've talked about this. This is the same word that's used to describe a marriage relationship. When I look at this ring, this is a symbol of my marriage. Communion is a symbol of what the Lord did. When I consider my marriage, yes, I can look at pictures of our wedding day and I can remember the covenant that I've entered into with my wife. But how many understand that if all I do is recognize a symbol and I take moments to remember the covenant, I'm missing out on the best parts of marriage. Those things are important, but I tell you, my day-to-day fellowship, my I wish it was day-to-day union. You guys understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, my, my, my communion and koinonia with this woman of God. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was too much. That's what koinonia is. It's union. We're connecting. We have fellowship one with another. And, and I tell you, I like remembering when we got married. I I. I, I wear this I never take off my ring I mean I I'll get in the ocean and people tell me man barracudas go after shiny stuff but you know what I tell Leah I'm not I'm not gonna be unmarried even if I'm spear diving I'm gonna if I lose my finger over this then then I'll put it on another finger I guess I don't know but I uh you understand what I'm saying the koinonia, the fellowship. And, and what my concern is, the Bible uses this word koinonia. We have fellowship. We have union. We have interaction with Jesus through communion. This isn't just the wedding ring. This isn't just the symbol and the remembrance. There's a whole aspect to this, this that I believe that we've been overlooking. And it's this whole idea, Lord, you want to... Why is it that we expect, we expect to have encounters with God in worship? We expect to have encounters with God through the preaching of the word. We expect in an altar moment, I'm going to have hands laid on me. I'm going to go to the prophetic conference. We expect encounters with God in those kinds of moments. Why, when the Bible explicitly says the Lord wants to touch us and interact with us and have koinonia and union and partnership with us, why don't we approach the Lord's table with the same expectation? I'm going to have an encounter with God. Now, it's a very interesting verse. And this is if there's anything that I want you to get out of tonight. It's this whole idea in fact, let's, let's read this verse again. 1 Corinthians 11, and let's just read the one verse 26. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. Here's our idea for tonight. Are you guys comfortable? I'm getting hot, which means you're probably comfortable, so that's fine. I will suffer through it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. Every time you eat this bread... And drink this cup. All right, I'm really, I'm, I'm going unorthodox tonight. I'm, I'm messing with everything tonight. I had my wife sing again after she put the microphone down. 
Ushers, come here. I, I want, we're going we're gonna to bless this and we're going to pass it right now. Lord, I bless this communion and I ask that even as we hold it, as we, as we receive it tonight, you would speak to us. May we koinonia, we have fellowship with you in Jesus' name. Okay, I want you to give one to Donovan there. I want everybody to take one of these. I want you to hold one of these. We're, we're not going to receive it until a little bit later. But I want you to hold it even as I share some of these verses. Because I want you to consider. I want you to consider exactly what it is that we're talking about tonight. If you're watching at home, go ahead and, and get your communion elements. We're going to talk about these things and what it means, what it symbolizes. And not just what it symbolizes, what it means for us today. What it means for us right now. Most of us have now. Consider this verse again. Every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. You know what he's saying, essentially? When we receive, just leave that verse up there. When we receive the Lord's Supper, there is literally a gospel proclamation that happens. Every time we receive of this, there is a gospel proclamation. And I shared last week, if, if you want to have a well-rounded view of Jesus, I know today popular Christianity is not, man, we're not going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about tolerance. We're going to talk about Jesus loves everybody. But, man, you read the way that Jesus talked to some people, especially religious folk. Oh, my goodness. Jesus was very offensive. I just want you to know. And one of the things that will keep us well-rounded is when we consider all that Jesus did. When we consider, yes, Jesus loved, and he loved us even while we were sinners. But the fact that he had to die, it makes us consider certain things. Why did he have to die? Why did he have to die? Why did he have to shed his blood? You want to know why? Because you deserve to go to hell. You are guilty before God. You deserve to go to hell. God, the Bible says, has wrath upon the unbeliever. For an unbeliever, there is nothing, Hebrews says, but a fearful expectation of God's judgment. And then it says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. These verses should scare us, friends. But it is for that reason Jesus came. The Bible calls him a propitiation. Everybody say propitiation. That means that Jesus was the atoning sacrifice that brought peace. It was a peace offering so that Jesus himself took upon himself the wrath of God that you and I deserve. He took upon himself our punishment and he gave us what we do not deserve, forgiveness, grace, love, mercy, eternity in heaven with him. Everybody likes to talk about the, we're going to go to heaven one day. Jesus loves you. Man, when was the last time you heard somebody talk about it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God? You ever heard somebody preach on that verse? Not very often. 
I'll talk about those verses. I want to preach through every verse in the Bible. Hallelujah. But when we deal with the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it causes us, I need to judge myself. Do I have things in my life that are separating me from God right now? I need to deal with that before I receive this in an unworthy manner. I believe receiving communion on a regular basis is the best way for us to stay well-rounded in our, in our theology, in our belief system. So this is what happens. Jesus is, every time we receive this, the gospel is being declared. You know what this is? The reason I wanted you to hold this in your hand, Jesus came in the flesh. A real body was whipped. A real body had thorns pressed upon their brow. A real body had his beard ripped out of his face. This is not some fairy tale. It's not just a story. It's not just a spiritual, you know, some, some event that happened out there in some spirit realm. No, for real, as real as your flesh is, as real as this bread is, Jesus suffered in his physical body. He came in the flesh. He died for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. He shed his blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. He shed real blood so that you and I could be forgiven. Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive and he is working today. In fact, this passage, it says right there, we show the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus is not only resurrected, but Jesus is coming back soon. It's a constant reminder. You know what communion is? It is a constant reminder, not of what Jesus did. It is that. That's half of it. But it's a constant reminder that Jesus is with us, that he is still with us, and he has not forsaken us. In fact, on this idea, you, you see, it, it, it preaches to us the gospel. And I want you to consider the verses that talk about the gospel. I bet you've never seen this before. When we receive the Lord's Supper, he says that we declare, we declare the Lord's death until he comes. We're literally declaring the gospel as we receive communion. Now, there's two famous passages dealing with us being carriers of the gospel. And I want you to notice something here. Matthew 28, 19. Many of you may know this by heart. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all I have commanded you. And watch what he says. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Jesus says, I am with you. Communion's not just remembrance. Jesus, you were here 2,000 years ago. Communion is saying, God, you are with me right now. When I obey your gospel command to be a carrier of your word, you are with me. You understand, we have not been given. You're, you're not, all right, I'm, I'm going to offend a missionary here tonight, okay? 
but I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I, I'm an equal offense offerer, okay? I, I'm, I'm here to offend everybody. You are not on a mission. Your mission is not to go and to preach the gospel. Your mission is not to go and to make disciples. Your mission is not to go. That's not what we were given. We were not given a mission. Some of you looking at me confused. I'm glad I have your attention. We were given a commission. And there's a difference. Everybody say commission. You know what commission is? It means, hey, Judah, go do this. No, no, no. Co that's a mission. Judah, go do this. Commission is, Judah, let's go together and do this. You understand the difference? Jesus, this is why he emphasized, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. It's the same verbiage that's in communion. We are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. I'm with you right now. I am doing this work, and I will continue to do it until I come back. And it's the same thing that he said. You're going to go. You're going to preach. You're going to make disciples. You're going to teach. You're going to do all of these things. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm with you until the end of the age. It's the same verbiage. I hope this is getting into your heart. I'm beginning to approach this with such a different perspective that, God, it's not just Jesus. You did something 2,000 years ago. No, it's Jesus. You're with me right now. Jesus, you're ministering this right now. I talked about this last week, how Jesus at this very moment is still working. He's not just hanging out in heaven basking in worship. Jesus, the Bible says, he's like, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is like being an interior decorator and a construction worker in heaven for you. He says that he stands at the right hand of his father making intercession for you. He's not just hanging out up there. Yeah, elders and angels, yeah, go ahead and praise me. No, no, no. He's standing at the side of his father praying for you. You ever think that way? Like we're walking throughout the sanctuary and we're praying for our family and our friends to come. You ever think Jesus himself, well, this stirs me. I feel this in my gut. Jesus himself is praying for your family. Jesus himself is making intercession for us. Communion is a constant reminder, not just of what he did, but the fact that he is still working for us right now. Oh, my goodness. I'm with you. Let me give you one more verse, and then we're going to receive this communion together. Can you guys tell I'm getting fired up over this? I think it's because I'm sweating, and I just feel like maybe I've been preaching hard. So it's good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is maybe my favorite gospel presentation, 2 Corinthians 5. No, you don't have to turn it up, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you, man of God. You are. He's honoring me, but I'm, I'm trying to love all of you guys too. So 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. This is what the Bible says. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And no longer counting people's sins against them, 
He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God or be reconciled to God. This is my favorite verse and probably the best gospel presentation in a single verse in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This, in theology terms, is what we call the great exchange. You're a sinner. Jesus was sinless. Jesus took upon himself your sin. And he gave you his righteousness. That's not a fair trade, by the way, friend. Jesus takes your sin and he gives you his perfect life. So that one day when you stand before the Father on judgment day, he's going to look at you. And he will see the effective work of Jesus applied to your life. And he's going to look at you and say, you are justified. You are righteous. You are forgiven. Enter in. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's the great exchange. Now, I emphasize that. How many of you have received that reality? Your sins have been forgiven. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. Now, watch what he says. Again, what is our theme? Not just what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, but what Jesus is doing right now. Look again, 2 Corinthians 5. We are Christ's ambassadors. You are an ambassador for Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an ambassador. Now watch what he says. Oh my goodness, this is, this is going is to blow your mind. God is making... His appeal through us. That's straight out of the Bible. God is making his appeal through us come back to God or be reconciled to God. God is making his appeal through us. Do you understand? When you preach good news... It's not just you in your words coming out of your mouth. God is making his appeal through you. He's with you. He's speaking through you. That's crazy, friend. This should give us renewed boldness when we go and, man, I need to be a witness to my demon-possessed boss. I mean, really. I don't know what I'm going to say. But if you have the knowledge, Jesus, you're with me. You said you would never leave me. He's still Emmanuel, God with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Even to the ends of the age. And as I am pleading with individuals, God himself is making a plea through us, through you. Guys. I mean, I, I think about this. When I pray for people, I'm, it's not just me praying. Jesus is praying with me. Every Sunday, every time I make an appeal, do you need forgiveness? Do you need to surrender your life to Jesus? 
It's not just Pastor Jacob standing on a stage and, and making an appeal. Jesus himself is making an appeal. Be reconciled to God. When Kama's preaching in his high school, I mean, he does this, you know. When Kama's preaching to high school students, it's not just Kama in his words, in his preparation. God honors that. He uses that. But Jesus himself is standing with ambassador Kama and making an appeal through this man of God. This is life transforming, friend. This is life transforming. Jesus, you are with me. Jesus, I think that's why, I, I think that's why I'm, I'm, I'm getting so excited over this. It's just like I have an awareness. Like, this isn't just Pastor Jacob and his ideas. I've never heard anybody else preach this. I've never heard anybody come with this type. Catholics talk about this. Why aren't we talking about this? Jesus, you are with us. You make your appeal through us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And every time we receive this, it's not just a remembrance of what he did, but it's what he's doing. If I could have my worship team come, we're going to receive this. And we got one prayer assignment we need to pray into. Now, just before we receive this together, I... I do, I, I take it very seriously. The warning that was given in Scripture that if we receive this in an unworthy manner, we will eat and drink judgment unto ourselves. And so just before we enter into this, and I'm going to give us some focus as we do this, but I want to give us a moment to reflect inwardly. Are you sitting here tonight? And you know there are things in your life that grieve the heart of God. If you were to receive this in an unworthy manner, friend, I don't want you weak. I don't want you sick. I certainly don't want anybody dying. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I need to get some things right with the Lord before I partake. I want to give us a moment to do that. In fact, I'm going to ask if our worship, we're just going to sing for a moment. And if you're here and you're, you're man like, I, I'm right with God and I know it, that's fine. You can worship for a moment. We'll receive in a, in a moment this Lord's Supper. But if you're here and you say, no, there's some things that I need to deal with, it doesn't take much. You come to the Lord and you confess to him the areas that you've fallen. Lord, I'm sorry I spoke that way. I, I'm sorry I harbored that in my heart. Would you forgive me? 
Would you restore to me the joy of salvation? It's so simple. You come to Jesus and you just ask him. You tell him you're sorry. Ask him to help you not to go there again. Right now, I just want to give you a moment just to talk to the Lord, to reflect in your own heart if there's things that you need to deal with before we share this together. Let's take that moment right now. And we fall down, we lay our crosses at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love, it's at the feet of Jesus. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lamb? Oh, we cry out, and we. been holding that bread for a while, but on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Lord, tonight, as we take and we hold this bread, we recognize, we remember what you have done. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for being willing to bear abuse and shame and brokenness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have carried for us. We recognize even tonight, it's not just past tense, but you're still working today. God, if there are things in our lives that we have yet to receive, I ask, O oh Lord, that tonight, even as we receive this bread, your deliverance, your provision, your sustenance would be made available to us, O oh Lord. If you haven't already, break this bread. Symbolizes the breaking of the body of Jesus. He did that for you. He did that for me. Thank you for your broken body. Bless him as we receive it now. In Jesus' name, we take the bread.
peel back that next layer. The Bible says after they had finished eating, they took the cup. And he says, this is the blood of a new covenant. This is a powerful covenant, friend. The best comparison we have in this life is that of marriage. But even if my wife and I, you understand, one day our covenant will end. One day I will die, she will die. In fact, we've got an agreement. She can die first. She doesn't want to live without me. So we'll see. I've agreed to that. If the Lord honors that, wonderful. But that'll be the end of our covenant. I've already asked the Lord to prepare us a house next to each other in heaven because she's my best friend and that'll continue forever. But our covenant will not last forever till death do us part. But this covenant is an eternal covenant. Jesus' agreement with you is not just for this life, but it is for the life to come as well. For all eternity. It's an eternal covenant. Life and life eternal. Jesus, I thank you that you shed your blood. You did this to atone for our sin, to take upon yourself the wrath that we deserve, the judgment that we deserved. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we thank you for your cleansing work in our lives. We thank you for forgiving our sins. And we recognize you're still working today. There's others you desire to wash and to cleanse. There's healing that maybe we need to receive in our body. By your stripes we are healed. God, I ask that if there are things that we have not yet received today, let this be our moment. It's our covenant promise. And as a lover of the bridegroom, this is our inheritance. We receive it now in Jesus' name. You may take the cup. I know we're right at our time, and I want to honor that, but can we pray one verse together? I got messed up again this last week. Somebody came up to me on last uh, last Thursday and asked me, have you been listening to what others have been saying about communion? I know the Lord is stirring in many hearts about the Lord's Supper, about communion. I had a dream at the beginning of the year. It's what caused me to begin to go in and study all of this. And, uh, and so I haven't. I've not listened to a single word that anybody else has been preaching or teaching. I know Lou Engle. I know Bill Johnson. I know Benny Johnson, who just went to be with the Lord. I know uh, Francis Chan has been running. I know there's a lot of people who've been running with a renewed passion for the Lord's Supper. I haven't listened to any of it until this last week. And I watched as Lou Engle began to expound on one particular passage and what he believed 
would be the marker of the last outpouring of the Spirit. I want you to consider this. This is Revelation chapter 5. It's what we've been singing all night. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to loose its seals? No one in heaven or earth was, or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look at it. So I wept much. Because no one was found worthy to open, to read the scroll, or to look at it. But one of the elders said, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seals. Now watch, watch. I looked. And behold, in the midst of the throne, I think it's there. I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood the lion of the, no, stood a lamb. As it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. I lost my spot having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. He came, he took the scroll out of the right hand who sat on him. When he had taken the scroll, the elders and the, eld, uh, and the living creatures fell down before the lamb, having a harp and golden bowls of incense, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. You are slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood. And out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation you have made us kings and priests to our God and we will reign on the earth now now watch now this is crazy <laughs> I don't know about you guys but I believe we are very close to the return of Jesus and I believe that some of these events are about to unfold in heaven right now. I don't know. Maybe John's right there crying before the throne saying, who's going to open? And the elders turn and they say, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He is able to open. The, he's able to hold and to open the seals and to loose. And I looked. Watch what he says. I looked and I saw a lamb as though it had been slain. Now watch what he describes. Seven horns. I've got a whole teaching on that. I can't do it now. Seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God set into all the earth. Consider this. Just before the breaking of the seals... In the opening of the last wave of judgments which will usher in the return of Jesus Christ. Are you trekking with me? Just before all of these events happen, there's going to be a widespread revelation, the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be the revelation of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's going to be a renewed vision that Jesus, you are worthy because you have shed your blood and you have redeemed us back to the Father. Do you think it's fitting that God is putting in so many in the body of Christ to once again to consider 
the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. I believe that this is going to unleash revelation and wisdom that is literally, it's going to usher in the return of Jesus Christ. Did I communicate that okay? Oh, it's a big deal, friend. So this is what I want to do. We're going to end tonight. I want you to stand. And we're going to cry out for revival. We're going to take just a few moments here tonight. And we're going to cry out for this last day outpouring of the Spirit. That which is literally going to usher in the return of Jesus Christ. So come on, would you just begin to lift your voice, pray pray in the Holy Ghost, pray with your understanding. Jesus, we look to you. You are the triumphant lion of the tribe of Judah. But Jesus, we recognize you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We recognize by your shed blood, Lord Jesus, you have opened redemption for all mankind. Lord, it's what your Spirit is speaking in this day. It's what your Holy Spirit is releasing, revelation. Oh, of the slain Lamb of God. Lord Jesus, we recognize what you've made available through the shedding of your blood. Every miracle we believe for, the conversion and the washing of the unbeliever to faith. Lord, all things are made available because you were willing to lay down your life. And so Jesus, even tonight, we say, oh Lord, we recognize and we remember and we acknowledge and we lift high and we esteem your great sacrifice. Sacrifice, oh Lord. We give you all glory, Jesus. It's not because of great preachers or worship or an anointing that we have or we carry. It is because of you, Jesus. It's because of your sacrifice. It's because of your blood, oh Lord. And we give you place and we give you preference to move and to minister. Lord, would you touch our city? Lord, would you touch our island? Oh Lord, would you touch our nation? Oh, by the power of your shed blood oh Jesus Lamb of God we lift you high we esteem you high in this place oh Lord oh that we could cry out for it's found within your blood it's found within your body oh Jesus oh Jesus would you minister to us in this place Jesus far beyond What any man could do or produce, would you, Lamb of God, minister to us? Your word says you're coming back for a bride that has not spot, wrinkle, or blemish. In Jesus, the only way that happens is through your shed blood. Only you can prepare your bride. And so we give you place. We give you all honor. We give you all glory, Lord Jesus. Help us to come lower and lower and lower. God, even as a pastor, I just say, if it ever enters my heart that it's about me, oh Jesus, rebuke me. Correct me so quickly. 
Do it for our leaders. Do it for everyone within the realm of this ministry. Keep us low, O Lord. Jesus, you said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. We lift you up, Jesus. Jesus Christ, him crucified, we esteem you highly. (laughs) You are our all, you are our everything. You are all. You are everything. God, I don't even say, I am second. No, 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 no. You are first. You are all. You are only. It's all you. I don't even rank. We don't even rank. It's all you, Jesus. This is your body. This is your house. This is your church. You said, I will build my church. This is your church, Jesus. It's not my church. It's not King's church. This is Jesus' church. It's yours. It's yours. And Lord, if if you allow us to minister, and you will, may it never be us alone. We are but ambassadors. And through us, you make your appeal. Through us, you speak your words. Through us, you're making prayer and intercession. It's you, Lord. It's you, Jesus.